0: Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect.
1: Happy Friday, everyone! Rich Swerbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here with the rundown with Robin Rich, where we take you into the weekend by running through the week that was in the mortgage industry. And uh, as always, pleased to be joined my esteemed colleague and co-host, rocking the virtual background. I think for the first time. Rob, ever so you just keep innovating.
2: Ah, well, Rich, I'm, uh, I'm in a uh, wagon Beetle, and uh, I think it would be so nice looking at the shredded ceiling of the, of the Beetle. That's why I went with virtual.
1: Okay, well, thank you for always thinking of the show first, Rob. So, uh, and basically. <coughs> Really pleased to be joined in the co-host seat, good longtime friend, a guy with a really impeccable track record in our industry, CEO of Ingenious, Jeff Walton. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Good to be here.
0: Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Yeah, we wanted to have you on. Recruiting is such a huge topic right now, and your company, InGenius, uh, is a data analytics company for recruiting in the mortgage and real estate industry. You guys are looking at all kinds of really compelling data uh, that is driving decisions for mortgage lenders on the hire, not hire, recruit, retain side. So really, really eager to uh, get into the conversation, and we've heard nothing but great things Uh we we partnered up with you guys before you even really started getting going, and yeah, and totally. One of one of my favorite sayings is uh, "Been on the the jockey, not the horse." You got a good enough jockey, uh, and you have a brilliant product as well. But it was quickly easy to see with Ingenius uh, that you had something pretty compelling, and uh, proof has been in the pudding. Uh, great engagement with our members uh, just so far these last these last several months. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, we first started selling in September of twenty. 20- 20 was our first close, uh, and we're up to 34 logos. And half of those are TMC mo- uh, members, as a matter of fact. So, um, and that's accelerating rather rapidly as people are seeing what we have. And the need is clearly out there right now in order to grow your company and purchase business, you gotta be doing this, you gotta be recruiting. And um, so it's it's been exciting. And the feedback has been that our data is incredibly accurate compared to what's out there in the marketplace. Um, and we get that constantly, and uh, you know, and, and it makes sense. There's a lot of good reasons for that.
1: You got to be careful. There's a lot of companies out there selling data, and data is just not data. And a lot of lenders or businesses in general feel like, oh, I need to be in the business of buying data. Um, how and what you buy in the data world very important. Something I'd also like to dig into a little bit deeper as we get into the show here, Jeff. Sure, absolutely. Awesome. Let's go ahead and get into it. As always, a uh, highly interactive uh, format here with the rundown. Um, any questions, comments, thoughts, feel free to pump them in the chat, the Q&A. We will incorporate it into the show. Also want to state at the beginning of show our podcast listeners, a lot of you listen on podcasts, join our live broadcast on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern on Zoom. You can also watch us on YouTube post-live video. Rob, Jobs report this morning, um, way better than expected. Unemployment ticks back down to three and a half percent, matching the near or all time low levels that we hit just before the pandemic, the onset of the pandemic. 528,000 new jobs in July, uh, pretty significantly beating expectations. Wage growth also beats expectations. So positive news for the labor market and U.S. economy, resilient job market, stock market tanks. Ten-year Treasury yield goes up 20, 25 basis points, because the market, what what the investors and the market is saying that right now, Rob. If I'm not, if I'm understanding this right, is like this report is too good. This is going to make the Fed more aggressive. We're going to get bigger hikes. There's a bigger chance of a recession. Even though, how many, of the, how many of our, what percentage of our audience do you think is cheering for a recession? You're on mute. I think you're on mute.
2: What, what percentage of what, Rich?
1: Is Of our audience, you think, is recessions equal refis, right? I remember, you know, some years I was compensated on volume. Yeah. For a couple <laughs> of economic numbers to be bad.
2: Right. So and uh, you can hear me OK? Yes. Good. So, you know, you can't you can't pick up a newspaper. You can't watch any of the financial news shows or the radio shows without recession, 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 recession. And I keep saying, I'm not convinced that we're in a recession, but plenty of people will argue with me. Uh, When, once again, you know, you look at the restaurants, you look at the jobs number today, really the unemployment rate and the, uh, you know, the balance sheet of families that are out there and so on, it just doesn't point to a recession. And of course, if you're arguing for a recession, then yeah, rates are gonna go down, long-term rates are gonna go down. So, great. I don't know how much of a refi boom there will be. It'll it'll be basically refinancing all of the loans that have been originated since February. <laughs> all this, Which, lot of
1: wait, a right, lot of credit card debt out there. More credit card debt than ever. It's a, the average rate true. of like 16%, 17%. So, something to remember. That's true. That's
2: true. Uh, I can't disagree with you there uh, in terms of cash out refis. Uh, and it's certainly points toward companies who are doing seconds or HELOCs, and the the environment has certainly changed. I'm, I'm coming out of the Michigan Mortgage Lenders Association Conference in Grand Rapids, and a lot of the conversation there focused on not only the economy, but how to adapt companies in terms of their products that they're offering, retraining their loan officers or or honing the loan officer skills in terms of being able to sell these alternative products and companies looking at renovation and construction of perm and bond programs and so forth and so on. And which led me to think about today's session. I, and I wanted to ask Jeff, in terms of, of the loan officer recruiting landscape, Jeff, how have you seen that change in in recent months or recent years even, and maybe you can go back to how you even came up with the idea to, to start the company?
0: Yeah, well, I think that um, <clears throat> I think that the uh, the market is changing in recruiting um, by making um, data actionable, right? and by being able to integrate it into your CRM and action off of your analytics, right? So I think it's becoming more scientific, right? So being able to identify those recruits, or if you're wholesale, those brokers that you want to prospect by able to identify who those folks are and match them up to the strengths of your company and then build a brand with those people at scale is a whole different ball game than it used to be done. Um, being able to focus on people in markets you want with the volume that you do with the product that you do is a game changer in terms of recruiting today versus yesteryear or two years ago. Um, so that, that to me is one of the bigger differences that we're creating. We saw that need, right? And 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 we had it we had a team, my co-founders capitalized on that. And uh, that's where we ended up with the product today.
2: So what what about the 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 there's definitely a school of thought, and I wouldn't say that I'm not in that school of thought that says that a recruiting process and, and finding loan officers, the recruiting process especially might take Years of just running into that same person at conferences or luncheons or whatever, getting to know them a little bit, and and just finally at some point, you know, we're at a lunch. You know, I'm at lunch with Jeff Walden, and and, uh, and you happen to say, and I say, Jeff, you know, how's it going? And and you say something like, oh, you know, it's been better, or you know, I mean, just some little tidbit, and I immediately think, ah, oh, you know, I can, I should talk to Jeff. So what is, does that still exist, first of all, and what makes your system better uh, in terms of, in terms of that?
0: Well, so does that still exist? Take the first one. And absolutely it does. It's still a, you know, belly to belly industry, right? You, you buy from people, whether it's technology or, or, or recruit people or whatever you do, it's still a very, very human experience in the mortgage industry, uh, unlike other, some other industries where it's it's more transactional. Um, but I, I would say that that's gonna always exist. Um, what's different about it is being able to, is being able to proliferate your name and do it at scale, right? And so what differentiates us, what we see is, is you've got like 3,200 counties in the United States. And a lot of this data comes off deed data and all of these counties aggregate that data differently and have different technologies or no technology, right? And so it comes out of these um, out of these counties, and it's messy, right? If you if you put a middle initial in there or, or use a full name of Jeffrey instead of Jeff or whatever you do, it can come up totally different. And so when you source that data, it's all over the place. So you've got to find a way to make that data more accurate, right? And so that's what we did. We looked at it and said, okay, we can't use just one source of D data. We're gonna use three different sources of D data. We're gonna use Humda, we're gonna use NMLS, we're gonna use MLS. And so we take all that data and the difference in our product is we found a way patent pending process way to combine all that data, bounce it off each other to make it far more accurate than your just normal one source D data. And when you do that and you back it up and it becomes far more accurate, That's that's the real big difference.
2: So do you view yourselves as a competitor to the traditional recruiter or HR department or a tool that the traditional recruiter or HR department can use?
0: No, we we feel that that's our customer, right? So particularly within mortgage companies. And so you get recruiting teams within mortgage companies, and now they're able to take our platform and they can be much more strategic in recruiting um, loan officers that best fit for their organization. As an example, um, they can go in through dynamic filters uh, is is how we we structure our our platform. And you can pick your strengths that match with their strengths, right? So you want somebody, you're an independent mortgage banker and you want somebody that's doing between 20 million and 60 million, let's say. Uh, You want somebody doing this year, at least 60% purchase business and you want somebody to be profitable, you want them doing 20 to 30% government business, Um, you can take all of that and apply it as a filter and up pops in the marketplace you're looking, those people to best match your strengths. So now uh, the other piece is, let's say you don't do a lot of jumbo, so it's 5% less or less jumbo. So now you get people that are gonna be more successful at your company and also are gonna have more longevity then, if you didn't seek out those people that match best with you,
2: so does this? Does your system, the product, also work for uh, companies looking for wholesale account executives, or underwriters, or compliance people?
0: So it definitely does uh, for for brokers, but it does not do for for staff. Right? Um, it's it's looking for people that. Um, you know, that that are, that are it's generally salespeople uh, or realtors, right? So we, we have a, a relationship-based module where you can go out and see what your realtor's doing, right? Are they cheating on you? <laughs> uh, you can see what other realtors are doing that you're looking to prospect. And account executives can look for brokers that they're looking to prospect, right? And they can tell, an account executive can tell what market share they have of a brokerage. Right, they can tell how much they have, what business they're doing with them. They can tell how much other people are doing with them. Uh, so it really makes it transparent, it allows you to manage your account much better on wholesale.
2: And what is the what is the usual sales cycle? Uh, kind of getting into the weeds here a little bit, but when a company first contacts you, mm-hmm. how is it? So I, I I'm, the reason why I'm asking is when I was when I was a partner back in the you know, when dinosaurs ru- ruled the world at Tuttle & Company back in the 80s and 90s, the sales cycle for a hedging, for our hedging services, and we were the first hedging company out there, but back then it could take years, easily months and months and months to prove the value uh, of a hedging service to Capital Markets Group. What, what is your sales cycle like? How long does it take?
0: You know, it just depends. But I would say on average, it's probably been somewhere between 60 and 90 days. It's just a matter of making sure all the stakeholders, you know, have had um, the chance to examine, you know, the tool um, or the platform. Uh, But, you know, we're in red lines with a top five US bank. Uh, We first demoed them in April of 2020. Right. So, you know, the large uh, depository might take uh, a little bit more and stuff, but in, uh, independent mortgage bankers, sixty to ninety days.
2: Yeah, well that that's uh, that's good. And what about in terms of uh, your usefulness for a company with uh, a t- ten people, ten originators versus a a big bank with five thousand? Is there a is there a difference in in you know usefulness?
0: I mean, no, it's useful to both, I believe. It's just a matter of are you trying to grow, right? And so recently um we had a particular client that was opening wholesale and they were at the you know the genesis of it, and they just had a handful of account executives, and we, we were like, Yeah, no, we we can grow with you. We can give you data for your size of what you need based on who's using it. And then as you grow, we can we can grow our platform with you. So it's 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 not like a huge, huge hurdle uh, to necessarily get in. We fit it and tailor it to your needs of your company and the size of your company.
2: Very good. Very interesting. Rich, I didn't mean to monopolize all the questions here. So go ahead and jump in.
1: This is the rundown with Robin Rich. I'm Rich Dorvinsky with the Mortgage Collaborative, joined as always by Rob Chrisman and this week, Ingenious CEO Jeff Walton. Uh, a lot of funny comments in the chat about Rob's background and <laughs> Jeff's piano, and uh, some nice comments about uh the value and usefulness of uh Ingenious and the data you guys provide. And it's using data in a way that mortgage lenders have not used data in the past. I, you know, remember when I was recruiting loan originators, I would have them send me their production reports from the year prior, but you know, even had some of those that were fudged. And you know, certainly doesn't account for the current climate. We're in a much different climate, obviously right now than than we have been for the last couple of years, never before would a previous year production report be more meaningless? So you guys really break it down. I mean, explain just, I mean, you, you can on a very granular level on, on the recruiting side, learn everything about a loan originator and really make good decisions on that person's value and, you know, decisions on hire or not to hire and, and what level of bonusing and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. I remember the days I need uh, two years, W2s and a year to date pay stub and, production reports. And like, you know, I remember, uh, you know, trying to get that one out of people too. managing managers that you're asking them to get it out of the, out of the, um, you know, out of the recruit and stuff. And it's like, it comes down and trying to hire them and where's the stuff you choose and pay stuff. Oh, well, you know, it's just, it was, uh, always crazy, right? So now you pre have that information and why it's also important to get accurate information. Uh, on production of that recruit is is that they're going to come to you and say, "Well, I do this much," and you say, "Well, we've got you know we've got our our our, our data on you, and it does, it says you do this much." And if you're not accurate in that data, one, you're going to look stupid, right? right? How competent is your company that you're telling me this? No, that's not what I do. And and that happens in the marketplace with existing data platforms. Um, so we now make it so that you look very credible and you're and you're accurate, which is insanely important, right? But, but all that back and forth goes away. You know exactly what they do. You know how much purchase, how much refi, you know how much government, you know how much jumbo, you know what time frames you can go all the way from January of 18 to current and anything in between and you can pull what those people did. And some of that's important because what we also see in the data is we see people at banks that are new and you can you know, track people, right? And all of a sudden their production goes up and up and up. And all of a sudden you see them get picked off and go to an independent mortgage banker because they can increase their income. And you, you see that all the time in terms of watching the data. It's a trend that definitely happens, right? And so you can follow those people and see when you should be offering them positions.
1: Another way too that lenders are using data. Uh, we've been talking a lot on this show, especially since the change in the White House, just about fair lending, and it, you know, particular banks already are subject to fair lending audits and a lot of internal and external regulation that you know has them better prepared to understand the issues and to comply with them. But uh, independent mortgage banks, uh, obviously, a lot of talk about uh redlining and a big focus on making sure everybody's got a fair shot uh, when it comes to buying a house and getting financing and
2: the first kind of yep i'm gonna jump off for like one minute okay i'm just gonna jump off
1: Okay. <laughs> You're talking talking everywhere. I felt compliance. like I should have been this the whole time. You would have been blocking us out anyway on the uh, compliance topic. But uh, uh, um, so, um, but yeah, so it, it would Trident Mortgage and, you know, as part of the Berkshire Hathaway, a kind of family of uh, in house real estate mortgage companies, uh, got levied a pretty, pretty serious fine. It was all stuff, according to Trident, that happened. Pre-2019 too. So lenders like something to keep in mind. Like what happened in the past is still very relevant today. And uh using data to understand your book of business relevant to the demographics of where you lend also yeah. very important, right?
0: Yeah. So the you know, the civil rights department of the of the justice department has come out and said that they're gonna make this a, a, a big piece of their enforcement. Um, unfortunately for Trident Mortgage, who is connected to Fox and Roach, all they were doing was financing, um, you know, the houses that their realtors that are tied to sold, and uh, they get written up for basically redlining, um, saying that, and, and this is how they're measuring it, right? They're looking in majority minority census tracts, right, where the majority of the people in that census tract is a minority, right. And they're saying, what percent that got lent there, are you at the same percentage levels that is being lent in that particular track? Well, you know, there's, I mean, I've got, we've got clients calling us now knowing that we have a fair lending module, right? Um, Diverse markets module. And they're saying, Hey, help us. Can you help us identify this? And, and we can, we can go in and can tell you exactly how, what you're doing in those majority minority marketplaces and census tracts, And then we can also tell you what your, what your competition is doing, right? So that, you know, and we can give you the ability to have a plan. So if you get um, you know, if you have the CFPB come in and start asking about this, you can have a plan in place that says, yes, we recognize this. We know, and this is our plan. And with our diverse markets module, you can actually go into those markets, identify and recruit minority loan officers, right? And which then in, in fact puts you with minority realtors in a lot of cases. And you can have a plan around this so you can avoid a $24 million fine, uh, which is obviously put them out of business. Um, and But it's a, it's a real thing. And we've got clients that are worried about this and we're helping them uh, with that, with our data.
1: Good stuff. Yeah, a very relevant topic and one that, uh, yeah, independent mortgage banks are paying more attention to now. Broadly, maybe not even enough would be my, uh, you know, kind of high-level take on it, but uh, will be interesting just to see what is to follow. It's CFPB and Justice Department clearly focused on the issue for good reason, and uh, uh, lenders certainly need to be aware. So, um jeff more broadly though uh, guy that's been in the industry a long time and has had success at a lot of different types of companies something really cool about you've been kind of ahead of the curve just curious as to your more broad perspective on where the industry is at right now obviously there's a supply issue young people in general a lot of statistics have come out last week about just the frustration level of young people that want to buy homes got some data last week on just like you know uh, savings rates and credit card balances of young people as well it seems like there's a lot of like uh tail of the dog pandemic stuff that's starting to have an impact on on our industry uh clearly a lot of demand to buy housing out there but some unique headwinds and yeah would just be perspective uh, interested in your perspective on on where the industry's kind of at right now
0: yeah i know it's a crazy market where you've got the demand you have <clears throat> you know coupled with a good economy um, and then all of a sudden you have a situation where interest rates are rising and and uh, it's it's I think I read that it's 76 percent more expensive to a house payment 76 percent higher than it was a year ago. I mean that's an incredulous number and also that these younger kids are paying you know like 49 percent of their income is going towards you know a house payment right as opposed to, um, you know, maybe 20 years ago, where it was closer to, you know, 28 percent or 30 percent. Um, so, you know, that's that's a huge increase, and it's a definitely a struggle for them. But I think that um, you know, there's where there's demand, there's innovation, right? And I think you you might see some things come back, like shared appreciation. Uh, you know, mortgages that those are back in the marketplace. Um, I think that um, arm, arms are going to be back in the marketplace clearly. Um, but I also think that eventually supply catches up. Um, everybody keeps saying that it's not um, you know that they don't necessarily predict it in the near future. Um, but uh, you know Ivy Zellman came out in February and uh, was at a talk and she said her data shows that we're actually going to reach that peak um, and demand is going to. And with 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 expense of houses going up and a little bit of a reduce of demand and inventory going up because people are building projects and that already have them on the works already have the money for them that's going to keep coming and she sees it's a tipping point coming um, sometime early next year as I took it don't let me quote her exactly and stuff as I understand it um, so we'll see right we'll see but things have a way of of evening out in the long run. And people have a fine way of finding things. I'm just happy two of my three daughters bought a house before everything <laughs> went crazy. Right. Uh, so that's all good, but yeah, young people are struggling.
1: Rob, we put this picture up while, uh, while you were on hiatus there. So just, so we didn't lose you completely from the show, but, uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh boy, Rich. sent in is by that, a, a loyal that, fan
1: that, uh, that, uh, yeah. So is that, is
2: that, is that the organization whose name will never be spoken out loud on this show?
1: I don't care how we can talk about them. Yeah, no, it's all good. So yeah, no, I'm just, just having a little fun.
2: So. I don't know, Rich. I saw, I, I did see a lot. Of, uh, I did see Justin spending a lot of time with, uh, with Jim parks, uh, last week at the Western secondary. So were they, were they whispering
1: sweet nothings into each other's ears.
2: Uh, sharing each other's straws. I You know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: and I forgot that my Steph Curry. Unbelievable. Comes back oh. seven and a half. My Steph Curry uh, rookie card. So but what it came back is like a nine and a half or a 10. It's $11,000 card. But uh, alas, it's a $1,000 Steph Curry now. So. so
2: how long did it take to get that graded, Rich? Like, two a little over two weeks if
1: you if you depends who you use there's some companies that take longer but my lebron rookie came back as a nine so uh yeah a lot of of exciting developments on my uh sports collectible front this last week
2: just what uh just just what readers and listeners and viewers are tuning in to hear about but what what does it cost to get a card graded 30 bucks 60 bucks
1: Uh, roughly 25 bucks yeah expensive cards cost more so
2: I don't know how that works, but all right. Yeah,
1: the curry rookie. It cost me, I think, uh, like a hundred and fifty to get it created because it's over a thousand dollar card.
2: Really? Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, there you go. Supply, demand. Supply uh, demand. Anyway, yeah, I would. You know, I the Michigan mortgage lenders. Rich, going going back to what you were talking about. The the interesting thing is that a lot of individuals there. Uh, we're talking about youth not only buying houses but getting youth in our business. And we've talked about this before and it's this recurring theme that the industry has and it's just it cracks me up when I'm sitting there with two people in their 70s and they're saying, you know we need more youth in this industry. And I'm thinking, you know one of the reasons we don't have youth is because you guys are you guys are still here, right? Yeah. Um, but I am starting to see, uh, you know, recent trips to Hawaii and to the Western secondary and to Michigan, there are there are signs of, of younger people coming into those coming into the conferences. And of course, people who come into our business, they it takes them a while to get up to speed to where the company is going to find them, uh, you know, in in a position to send to a conference because conferences aren't cheap and travel and hotel and all that. But I'm starting to see it a little bit by a little bit. And it's nice to see, uh, Jeff was talking about the, the expense that young people are incurring just to, just to own a home. And, you know, I don't know if there's, there's a solution to that per se, but I will say that, uh, Jeff, we've had, we've had Ivy on the show here, and she's, she's mentioned a few things about supply and demand and builders and being overbuilt and so forth. And I don't know if I agree with everything Ivy says, but she certainly has a lot more research analysts than I have up my sleeve. But I am seeing in my travels, certainly more for sale signs in neighborhoods and a, a market that appears to be, when I talk to realtors, they're they're saying it's it's returning to more normal supply and demand and inventory levels, and I don't think anybody would mind returning to normal in terms of uh, inventory and in terms certainly in terms of appreciation. You know, three percent a year, five percent a year, much healthier for everybody concerned than you know twenty percent a year.
1: Yeah, it's, somebody's going to be really wrong on this uh, inventory issue, IV or you know the. Jerry Howard's or the in the conventional thinking of the world, but uh, Jeff, how is the real estate market in Scottsdale? My parents were actually looking at by looking to potentially move to Scottsdale. They flew out there a couple months ago to look at houses, and they came back like three days later. They're like, ah, maybe Ohio's not that bad.
0: It's <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's been crazy here. Phoenix has been one of the better markets, and then if you look at the high end like Scottsdale and Paradise Valley, it's you know they've, they've easily doubled um you know after the over the last couple of years or more um it's just it's it's kind of mind blowing to be honest with you it's like wait a minute how could they go up so much and and then with rates going up you look at it and you go okay i guess everybody's going to hunker down um that's the other thing right so now people aren't going to move because they've got a good rate and they're in at a good price um you know and what what, what would be the impetus for them to move um move up move down i guess but Um, It's definitely been hot.
2: Hey Jeff, I've got a question returning to recruiting. Do you notice a difference in recruiting techniques between credit unions, banks, and independent mortgage banks in terms of of who they're going after and how?
0: Yeah, definitely you see that. And you see, um, you know, we have a tab for that where you can You know match up with just banks just credit unions or just independent mortgage bankers right so you can filter for that but banks are generally um recruiting from other banks i see that more often Um, and i would say credit unions are probably recruiting from banks and other credit unions um, or a lot of times they actually um, bring in and train at credit unions we see more of that there probably uh and then independent banks um are definitely going to after to independent mortgage bankers. But like I said, they start picking off those higher performers at banks uh because on average they can pay them more or do pay them more. Uh, so that's that's generally what you see in the marketplace. Questions in the chat about bonuses, Jeff. I mean you're not seeing like
1: bonus levels, but any anecdotal uh trends you're you're seeing on bonusing and other carrots lenders are dangling to recruits.
0: Yeah. So our, you know, my, my thoughts on that would be anecdotal from what I've heard and stuff, but I would also say that, you know, we provide the, uh, we provide, I don't know, the weaponry, we you okay. we know, so, okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, so we're giving the data out and you know, how they recruit and what they're doing on bonuses. We don't get as much privy to and stuff. Um, and I'm not sure that anybody would want to give up that data to socialize it either. Does your, does your software track all the lawsuits going on in the
1: industry right now? It I mean, does not. It does not. What we do know is, is that
0: if you what's using, the average cross country lawsuit, uh, amount right now. Yeah, I don't know, but I do know that if you use our data to recruit and you say, that's where you've, you found your candidates, it's, it's much better than, you know, getting the data by, you know, um you know you the fact that you work somewhere and you know those people if you can show you got the data that they fit what you're looking for right and it made sense for your company right. that, that's a pretty good uh
1: pretty well, good genius told me we had to hire this guy or gal it's, it's not our fault sorry <laughs> this, this match was too good it's like it's, it's like online dating right it's, like i'm looking for an LO. i need some margin i need like yes. 2% fha uh, i need a little uh, southern ohio and, uh, you know, hit the randomizer and, and you got some dates lined up. It's not my fault. It's the fault of the accurate data.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: what about any any truth to the rumors you guys are developing uh, Tinder like left swipe left and right uh, features for LOs and uh, hiring managers?
0: No, but I think that's a great idea. <laughs> uh, if you guys end up doing that. I just want a piece. So. Yeah, always. Yeah, absolutely. We'll give you, uh, we'll give you, you know, non-monetary credit all day long, Rich. <laughs> all day That's long. kind of credit. So. Yeah. Like <laughs> Ralph, how's the, the car ride going? You look like
1: you're in pain. It, you look like you're, I mean, somebody mentioned in the chat it like looks like you're on a roller coaster. You got your seatbelt on, you're kind of pressed against the back there. You look somewhat terrified. You need a crash helmet. <laughs> having some connectivity issues
2: uh no, I, i'm good i'm good
1: there you are there
0: is. Okay.
2: <laughs> nah, it's okay oh, yeah, No, it's conference oh can you hear me okay not really <laughs> no All right. Hang on. can what about now can you hear me now
1: now i can hear you yeah yeah
2: uh, the the uh getting back to, to personnel in general and, and what some of the companies were talking about in Michigan and, and prior to that in California, the, there's definitely a huge swing toward measuring productivity for loan officers. And it's not so much, hey, you know, Rich, hey, thanks, you're doing 3 million a month or you're doing 4 million a month. It's how much are we making off those loans? And are we better off maybe with Jeff, who's only doing a million dollars a month, but he's not asking for concessions, extensions, renegotiations, he's not doing any bond loans and so forth. And so companies are taking a hard look at, once again, not so much volume, but profitability and and how much that loan officer in their product, uh, in their production, Kind of grinds down the other, the rest of like the op staff. Like, oh, you know, Rich is a pain in the neck. Yeah, he's doing three or four million a month, but you know, every every loan is a hassle uh, versus somebody who's doing a million or two million a month and the loans sail through. So companies are are definitely looking at that uh, in terms of productivity and profitability versus just production volume, and that's that's actually makes all the sense in the world to me.
1: Govy mix, right? Jeff is huge. I can't say how many members we have, like community banks, credit unions, independent mortgage banks, that they're just like, man, I we're five, 10% Govy. And I just, it kills me because it's profitable business and you can actually make some money or helping out, you know, it's more rewarding business to do. Um, but and and so I know a lot of companies are using technology like Ingenius. They're, you know, obviously strategically recruiting Govy originators. same thing I would be doing if I was still.
0: Yeah, you know, the, the ability to, you know, to really filter for people doing government loans, you can really build, you know, an ideal what you want in a marketplace. We have a market analytics module that actually helps you build uh, profitable branches, which is kind of interesting. Um, the other module or the other filter that's really good is you can go in and filter for um, loan officers that lend to low to moderate uh, census tracts and zip codes, Right. Which is, uh, which is highly important. And those are very, very profitable loans, right? You can sell those at a premium in the capital markets as as Rob would tell you. Mm-hmm.
1: This is the Rundown okay. with Bob and Rich. I'm Rich Sorbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative. And we have about five minutes left with the CEO of Ingenious, Jeff Walton. Jeff, what about, you guys are dealing with a lot of data, cybersecurity continues to be a big issue in the industry. Um, you know, your data is more, you know, non-personal info data, but being just a big data provider, I wanted to get your thoughts as well, just on the, uh, you know, the current state of cybersecurity and the ways our industry is protecting data and information and maybe the ways some some outside
0: counterparties to in the industry are looking at it as well yeah i don't think there's any question that it's going to become more and more critical uh you've got to protect yourself against ransomware you've got to protect yourself a bit about your data getting out um and PII personally identifiable information uh, on consumers it's a it's a big risk right and um, we are fortunate that our data is uh, not not geared towards that we don't have any SOC 2 requirements uh, per se like a lot of technology companies actually do, it's it's going to become more and more critical every day. There's no question in my mind.
1: Rob, you're not you selling any data, Rob? You got that email list? It's got to be worth a ton of money. My God, it's like a hundred thousand people get that thing. I mean, you could you could you could could sell out your your reader base and probably make tons of money, no?
2: <laughs> I, I i tell people i will never ever do that the, the closest i come rich is if somebody says hey do you know anybody at abc that i could write to for some some specific question and i'll oftentimes you know find some just like individual that they can they can reach out to for help but i, I tell i don't i don't i'm not i if i mo- try to monetize that or do something with my mailing list that tends to, uh, put a dent, I would say in my credibility.
1: So the Prince that reached out to me, uh, about the hundred million Turkish lira, I just inherited that was not tied to you.
2: Rich, how many times do I have to tell you that Turkey does not have princes anymore? Uh-huh. Those went away with the Ottoman empire.
1: <laughs> Hopefully they still have mashed potatoes and gravy. Everything's changing in this world. Damn it. Uh, Well, Jeff, uh, any uh, weekend plans of note out in uh, lovely uh, Arizona? You're going to play some of that that grand piano was very popular in the uh,
0: chat. Oh, that's good. Yeah, very nice. And My kids actually learned to play on that piano for sure. But um, so plans this weekend, actually, we are going up to Flagstaff, Arizona, which a lot of people might not know is uh, about 7,000 feet in elevation. So it's about 25 degrees cooler than here. One of my daughters lives up there. And um, so we're going up there. We'll be playing. Uh, we'll be playing golf tomorrow at seventy nine degrees when it's one hundred and four down here. How far can you? I mean, what does it add to a drive?
1: Uh, the elevation. I don't know what it adds, but it's only it's two hours door to door. No, I'm saying the drive of a golf ball. I'm sorry. The elevation. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: to my drive, it you know it's marginal, but uh, it definitely does, though. Yeah, yeah. for sure and stuff. I think you get. 10, 15 yards out of it. Rob, any weekend employee
1: meetings at the Crisman employee uh, headquarters in the background there?
2: Uh, Myrtle is uh, threatening threatening layoffs again, again. Wow. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, the, the rumored layoffs that Myrtle's threatening match the uh, rumored layoffs in other parts of the industry. But no, I, I head back to uh, head back to Reno tonight, and then Sunday head down to Orange County for an accelerate Users Conference for a couple of days.
1: So- Very cool. Good stuff. Well, uh, Jeff, thank you for joining us. Always uh, enjoy getting your perspective on the industry. Appreciate the partnership with Ingenius. Anybody who wants to learn more about Ingenius. Uh, their technology, their software for recruiting, fair lending compliance, number of other things they're helping lenders with. Reach out to me, anybody on our team. Uh, their information's all over our website. Million different ways you can get hold Jeff or Ingenius. And Jeff, thank you very much for joining us this
0: week. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, Rob- guys. Safe travels
1: back West and uh, to our audience. Thanks as always for wrapping up the week with us. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern with the rundown with Robin Rich. And until next Friday, have a great weekend. And next week, everyone, take care. Bye guys.
0: For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at
1: mortgagecollaborative.com.